What's up, Clemson Nation, and welcome into the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Happy Wednesday. Hopefully you all are having a great day so far. Whenever it is that you're listening to this, doesn't matter, though, because we will be vibing all day, so stay tuned. On today's edition of the show, I'm going to give you some more updates regarding the players that have made their decision, whether they're moving forward from the football program or coming back for one last ride. We'll also talk about how that affects the depth chart and where Clemson looks next. That's very important, so we'll get into all of that and more coming up in just a few minutes. But first up, Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov of the Reject the Screen podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, will be doing a two-day special of Kobe Bryant stories, told to them over the years from people very close to the late Hall of Famer. I know that's a little different for the Clemson Locked On podcast crew, but it's always good to mix it up and pay respects to one of the greatest to ever do it. We'll be playing a snippet of the episode from their podcast coming up shortly, so make sure to check out the full episodes, part one and two, as soon as possible over on the Reject the Screen podcast. Adam and Noah have done a very good job, and it is done very classy. So without much further ado, the Kobe Bryant special, let's go. This is Adam Stanko from the Rejecting the Screen podcast. It's unfathomable to think that a year has passed since that you'll never forget where you were moment when we all found out Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and seven others died tragically in a helicopter crash. Everyone associated with the NBA has a Kobe story because he meant so much to so many of us. Our way to honor Kobe was to compile some of our favorite stories from interviews my co-host Noah Kozlov and I conducted with teammates, opponents, coaches, and writers who had something to say about the man who famously wore number 8 and number 24. We put together all of those stories, many of which you've never heard before, on a two-part podcast on Rejecting the Screen, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're about to play an excerpt from Part 1, which drops on Tuesday, January 26th, with Part 2 coming on January 28th. Subscribe to the pod today so you can listen to both episodes as soon as they're released. We pick up the story as Kobe was ranked as the top prep player in the nation, and his status as a local legend was exploding. There were even rumors of the Lower Marion High School prodigy practicing with the Sixers and dominating the Sixers star wing Jerry Stackhouse in games of one-on-one. Rex Walters was on the Sixers in 96 and told us how he remembered it. Kobe did come to practices or he would come afterwards and come work out at St. Joe's because me not knowing who Kobe was, like once again, I, I didn't follow high school basketball. I was an NBA player. I wasn't into that. I'm sitting there. I'm, 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 I'm leaving to go uh, home. I'm, I'm kind of straightening it up in the locker room and, and Kobe sure enough walks in. And I'm like just making conversation with this kid. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, what you doing here? Like, yeah, I'm going to go work out. And I'm like, oh, you're a pretty good player. Like, this guy had to be looking at me like, what, what are you, some kind of idiot or something? Because, you know, and then I'm like, well, you know, what schools you're looking at? He's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to Kansas. I'm talking to Carolina. He's like, but there's one other thing I'm thinking about. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, well, hey, you know, Dean Smith was a great coach for Michael Jordan. You know, you should think about Carolina. Obviously, Coach Williams is my coach, great coach. You should think about those schools trying to, trying to help out my guy. Uh, you know, next next thing you know, next preseason game, this guy's freaking like yelling over to his point guard, Nick Van Exel, like, hey, you know, I'm guarding. I'm like, I got a mouse over here. I got a mouse. I'm like, man, that's, that's a little disrespectful. I tried to help you, my man, and, and, and you're calling mouse in the house on me. So obviously he had to be thinking to himself, what is this guy talking about? So back to Kobe as the nation's top high school player and those rumors we are hearing of Kobe regularly beating Stackhouse one-on-one. We talked to Jeff Perlman, who wrote the incredible book, Three Ring Circus, Kobe, Shaq, Phil, and the crazy years of the Laker dynasty. 
He said that story was all fabricated. It's crap. Like, it's actually crap. It's just total BS. And um, it's funny because uh, I basically I reached out to, because you hear all these stories, right? You hear all these stories about Kobe and he's, he's with the Sixers and he's lighting them up and blah, blah, blah. And he was definitely a, a great player and definitely showed his skills. And the guys were like, yeah, this guy's going to be something. But um, I reached out to Stackhouse via Twitter. I, I profiled Stackhouse for the Wall Street Journal years ago. And I just reached out to him. I don't have a tweet in front of me, but he wrote like, <laughs> I'm sure like you, you, this is the first thing I think of when people say we're, we're so-and-so regret having spoken about Kobe. Like he basically said, I've never heard Kobe say they were true, but I've also never heard him say they were false. So F him. Um, <laughs> and like the thing that I, I think is really cool about Kobe and the, uh, and the Sixers workouts, he did not dominate Jerry Stackhouse at pure BS, but, he took it to those guys. Um, imagine being, I remember I ran college, I ran uh, cross country at university of Delaware. And I remember my first year freshman freshman year, I went out to run with the rest of the team and they were all seniors. And these guys are like all state and all county and all these great runners. And I was terrified. Like I was absolutely terrified. I just wanted to hang with them. I was terrified. I was scared. I was just praying I'd be able to do it. This guy's running with the Philadelphia 76ers as a high school kid. <laughs> And like holding his own and doing it like that's insane. And then the other thing, when he was in high school, that I really like is he would work out. I got to remember the specifics. He would, I'm going to actually reread the book before it comes out. So I, you know, um, which is sad that you have to do, but you do have to do is he, um, he would work out and he drove from one workout to another workout place in the summer and made sure the heat in his car would be at full blast as he was driving just to build up his endurance. So like, I think he worked out at a track. It was like a 90 degree day outside in Philly, very humid, hot, gets in the car, blasts the heat all the way, drives to the other workout. Like he did little things like that that were just absolutely insane all the time. It's 1996 and you're Kobe Bryant. You have an unparalleled level of self-confidence. You've proven to yourself that you can run with the Sixers. And just a year prior... You watched as another high schooler, Kevin Garnett, got selected fifth overall in the 95 draft. So what does Kobe do? He becomes the first guard ever to skip college and enter the draft. And by the way, he was just 17 at the time. 17 years old. Kobe, of course, gets selected 13th overall by the Charlotte Hornets, who immediately trade him to the Lakers for Vladi. Coming into that draft, everyone expected him to end up in L.A., and we talked to a couple of people on the pod who were with teams in that year's lottery. First up, former Vancouver Grizzlies coach and GM, Stu Jackson. The Grizzlies had the number three pick and ended up taking Sharif Abdul-Rahim. But we straight up asked Stu, why didn't the Grizz take Kobe Bryant? You know, he, he was a high school player. We were a very young franchise. And, you know, uh, I, I think to draft a high school player at that point in our development as a franchise would have really uh, been going out on the limb, not having this player proven himself against, you know, a higher level of competition. Although I will tell you, you know, Kobe was extremely talented, but the other aspect of Kobe was he was not going to any franchise other than the Los Angeles Lakers. Now he got drafted by a different franchise, but 
that quickly turned around and he mm-hmm. ended up in Los Angeles and everyone in the draft knew that at that point. So we didn't think that was an option for Kobe Bryant coming to a new country or to, to Vancouver uh, to play basketball. So he was sort of off the board. Leaving the country to play might not have been in Kobe's plans, but would he have played for the Dallas Mavericks, who had the ninth overall pick? Remember at the time, the Mavs had Jason Kidd running the point, and later in their careers, Kobe tried desperately to get the Lakers to trade for Kidd. Well, former Nets head coach Butch Beard was an assistant with the Mavericks in 96, and he told us that he thinks they had a shot at getting the high school sensation to come to Dallas. Here's the best story of all, and a true story as well. I was an assistant coach with Jim Clemens and also uh, uh, at the Dallas <laughs> Mavs. We're in the draft, and I asked, I asked the people who, you know, run the draft, I mean, all our uh, scouts, I said, who's the best guy in the draft? They said, Kobe Bryant. He's a high school kid, but he's not, you know, he's not, uh, you know, we, we, we don't know. We think he's going to be the best. And they didn't know whether at that particular time they were going to break up three J's. Okay. So I made a comment to them. I said, why don't we bring him in and try him out? I know that the word was out there that he only wanted to go to LA. I said, but I think he would want to play with Jason and Jimmy. If you all think that he's going to be the best player in the draft. We were afraid to do that. We ended up drafting Samaki Walker. I'll never forget. I was running around all over, you know, working out Eric Dampier and some other players. And, you know, but I said, man, that's what we should have done. I sat there, even those five minutes before we drafted, I said, we should draft this kid. Why were they afraid to even not even to bring him in? Because the word had gotten out there that he wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't going to work out for other teams and things like that. I said, I think he would come. I think he would come and at least give us a, you know, a look-see. I really do. You can hear the rest of our Kobe Stories special on Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to the podcast today and hear part one on Tuesday, January 26th and part two on January 28th. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, be sure to check out the Reject the Screen podcast to hear the full episodes of part one and two of the Kobe Bryant special. Those guys did a really good job honoring one of the greatest to ever do it, an NBA legend that will never be forgotten. We will keep his family in our thoughts and prayers. Coming up in the next segment, though, we're going to be talking about players for the Clemson football team that have made their decision Stay tuned to hear more about that. Before I do that, though, let me tell you about my friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Seriously, you put it up against any other protein bar. You, you can put it up against any other candy bar. It's going to beat it every single time. They're that good. You won't even be able to tell the difference between a candy bar and a Built Bar. They're that delicious. Ever since I got my box, I've been pounding these things. Probably shouldn't do that, <laughs> but you'll have to pry yourself away from them because they're that delicious. They've improved the flavor over at Built Bar. They're even more delicious now. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. 
Uh, they got six new ones as well, too. Uh, I, in the box, I saw a caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. These things are delicious. That goes as well as their other 12 that they have originally. And these bars are soft and easy to chew. Seriously, you can just go through these things. They're covered in 100% chocolate. So if you're a chocolate fiend, you're going to love that. They are healthy for you. So I guess maybe binging them is probably not that big of a deal. They're great for the health conscious guy or gal that I know that you are because they're going to help you lose or maintain the weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Seriously, these bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Great for the keto diet that everybody seems to like. They've only got about 130 calories, so it's not going to really dig into all your uh, points if you're doing anything else. You're not going to really put on the weight when you have these things because, again, they're healthy for you. And let me tell you something really cool about this offer right now. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, not only will you get 20% off of your next order, but you'll get a free cooler with purchase. They're going to just toss it in there with it while supplies last. So you want to go ahead and scoop that up. Again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On for 20% off. You're going to love this. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there. Seriously. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts the Locked On Today podcast, daily podcast breaking down biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're all in here at Locked On Clemson. Thanks for sticking with us. More Clemson football talk. I know you guys love that. A lot of things happening, moving pieces here and there. We got some coaches making decisions here. We got some players making their decisions. We've got four more today that we want to talk about that have made their decisions whether they're coming back to the Tigers or leaving for the 2021 season. I can confirm that. I'm going to get you guys up to speed with everything that's happening, so stick with me. Of course, we know the NCAA granted an extra year of eligibility to all NCAA football players, no matter what, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. They basically gave you another year to play if you wanted to. If you're a fifth-year senior and you want to come back for a sixth year, you can do it. If you're a sixth-year senior somehow because you're either dumb or you keep tearing your ACL, now you can come back for a seventh season. Either way, you can take advantage of this extra eligibility. Some guys are not doing that, as we'll talk about uh, just shortly, but then we also see some guys like Darian Rencher, James Skalski, Nolan Turner taking advantage of this extra eligibility and coming back. So we'll get into that. Two of these guys are on the offensive side of the ball, and two of these guys are on the defensive side of the ball. One of the guys I think it's going to be pretty critical because yet again, we'll be seeing another change, a new starter at that position. The other guys, I kind of knew that they would be doing what they're going to do. Let's go ahead and get into it. Starting with Justin Foster, defensive end for the Clemson Tigers, will be returning for 2021. I think this is a big pickup for the Tigers. He's like a five-star guy for us. We know how important he was in 2019. He was an underrated player. Uh, Very, very good for this Clemson defensive line. He did not get to play at all in 2020. Complications of COVID. COVID just wasn't ready to get out there, but he will be coming back. A guy that I think is going to be playing opposite of Miles Murphy. I don't think Miles Murphy is going to be beaten out by any of the defensive ends that we have on roster right now. I think the kid's that good. He came pre-made as a grown man, 6'5", 275 pounds, and he really showed every bit of his talent. I think he was a hidden gem uh, compared to the rest of the guys that we've had, and I really like Miles Murphy. But Justin Foster is another one of those guys. I think that if he can get back on track, get his health where it needs to be, get his stamina back up. I mean, he hadn't played 
played football in a really long time. If he can get back out there and get back in shape and ready to go, I think he will be the starter as well with guys like KJ Henry and Xavier Thomas behind those guys trying to get the starting spot. This this really boosts the defensive end spot for the Tigers in 2021. I, I always said that I thought the defensive ends was a little weaker than the tackles. I still kind of think that, but with Miles Murphy playing the way he did, and you get a guy that is solid, uh, especially at setting the line of scrimmage and you know bringing everything back inside is Justin Foster. I'm excited about these guys. Plus, we want to see what happens with Xavier Thomas. You know, we want to see what happens with uh, KJ Henry. Xavier Thomas did not have the greatest season in 2020. Obviously, he had complications of COVID too. When he was out there, he had glimpses of greatness that we know from this kid, but then he also just didn't look right for the majority of the season. He's going to be coming back hungry though, because the NFL is looming for him. Same for KJ Henry. KJ Henry played, but didn't really look as productive as we'd hope he'd be in year three. Now these guys coming back, they have a chip on their shoulder. We want to see what happens. That's going to help the defensive end competition. We also know that guys like Greg Williams, who's a first year guy, really didn't have uh, any experience playing defensive end, will be year two playing that position now. Excited about him because he's got the body size that we need for a, a good stout defensive end. And then also you had the new kids in Denhoff and Patterson coming in. That gives them a little time to really, you know, not have to be forced into play because you have a lot of bodies at that spot now, unlike we did in 2020. Um, but maybe, I don't know, one of those guys might be bright spots like Miles Murphy and actually come up and make this rotation even more deadly, even more lethal. So I'm excited about this defensive end spot. Same for Justin Mascall. Another defensive end who made a decision whether he's coming back or not, Reagan Upshaw. He is the second slated guy to come back for the Tigers. He was not really a football player. Despite his father being a really big time NFL player, he was actually a rugby guy. He didn't play football until he got to Clemson. So we kind of molded him to be where he is. Um, He's a defensive end, kind of on the smaller side, not necessarily sold on this guy being defensive end, but he can play. He's really good. I would like to see him maybe get some looks at linebacker. I've said this over and over and over. I know they don't listen to me, but you do. (laughs) I think the guy would be better suited to play defensive end as a hybrid, not necessarily as a hand in the dirt, one of your four down lineman type guys. I think if you could jack him up kind of like a Trent Simpson on the other side, maybe play him as a will where Spectre comes in as a guy who can, you know, have scraped exchanges with tackles. I really like that. But again, it doesn't really matter. This defensive end uh, depth has really gotten amazing and I'm happy to see it now. They just got to get these guys to produce the way we need them to. Coming up in the next segment, though, we're going to be talking about the other guys that happen to be on the offensive side of the ball. Can't wait to get into that because, again, this guy leaving is going to leave a hole in the Clemson offensive line. Yet again, another new starter at that position. So we'll see what happens going forward. Before we do that, though, let me tell you about my friends over at betonline.ag. Look, I know you're ready for the Super Bowl. You already got your Mahomes or your Brady jersey ready to go. You're pre-chilling your beer already. Got your kielbasa ready to go as well. But all you need is to know the numbers. You want to know the overs, the unders, the lines, the spread, because you're trying to win big, right? Well, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
2020 is mercifully over and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. So if you're the betting type this year and want more wins, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. All right, final segment of the Locked On Clemson podcast is here. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm going to talk about the other two players that made their decision as of recently for the Clemson Tigers, whether they're coming back or not. These guys are on the offensive side of the ball. Two very important players, but one guy that I think is going to be critical for the Tigers to lose, and I'm already kind of hinting to it. So we'll talk about the first guy. J.C. Chalk's career at Clemson has come to a close. He's kind of the last of the H-back, fullback type tight end guys. You know, we went through that run of Mylon Richard and Garrett Williams and Cannon Smith, and he kind of fell in line with those type guys bigger body better at blocking than catching but could catch the ball he's going to be missed he's a great blocker a very very sound blocker and great teammate as well didn't have all the greatest stats ever he's only got about 17 passes caught for 100 yards and uh 740 snaps total in 48 career games at clemson 14 of which he started between 2017 and 2020 but he has played a big role like i said in alignment blocking he's actually been one of those guys that's sneaky good catching the ball uh he got his first touchdown this season as well so that's always good to see a guy going out with a touchdown I like to see that too but again Clemson has started to recruit more of the tight end slash wide receiver hybrids the guys that are 6'6 with wide out bodies and you know skill sets as well that Travis Kelsey type look talking about guys like Sage Ennis and Jake Brenningstool top tight end out of high school coming in this season as well as Brayden Galloway and Davis Allen we know what we have those guys Brayden Galloway is probably closer to a JC Chalk than people will think uh but i think jc chalk did a really good job for the tigers and we're going to miss having him uh as a teammate and again being a very good and versatile h-back type guy uh he's going to leave clemson uh with another player who's made his decision to move on and that is cade stewart starting center yet another center i just talked about this in a previous episode yet another center change out (laughs) it seems like for the last few years we had no stability at center we want a guy that can be there for two three plus years but we just hadn't had that because it's critical you want to have a guy who is very sound he's the first person to touch the ball in every single play everybody thinks it's the quarterback no it's the center so it's going to be important to get that snap exchange down um this could be important to get the communication being able to identify the mic set the alignment everything it's very important that you have a solid experienced center and he's going to go out the door with a lot of experience over 1500 career snaps at clemson 49 games played 13 starts of course he's kind of like chalk this was his first year starting at clemson at center he has played guard and now he's the center but he decides to quit too um and you know (laughs) i'm just racking my brain at what's going to happen with this now there's some guys that can really play in that spot i'm looking forward to that too we'll talk about that in just a second but again i don't want to see any snaps over dj uyunglele's head against georgia say what you will about kirby smart but those defenses are always really good and we do not want to see any of that or fumble snaps uh in the game starting 2021 i want to make sure we have that center spot hammered out in spring there's some guys that can really play that spot uh presumably hunter rayburn's job to lose now he's the backup this past season played really well in spots that he came in excited about having him as the starter I, again i presume that he's the starter but no one has uh full reigns to like i said earlier there's no contracts just because you are coming back and have the experience doesn't mean you'll be the guy another name that has been kind of intriguing because you see his name along the depth chart at pretty much every position and he's slated as the backup right now at center and that's mason charter 
the guy play guard tackles. Uh, he's played center. He can do everything for the Tigers. Uh, really excited about what he can do. I'm hopefully, hopefully we can get him into a set spot and be really good at something. Uh, it's very important to have a guy that's really good at something. That's kind of the Caldwell way. He wants everybody to cross train, but I want to see more players be really good at something and really good at other things as well. But, you know, I want to see elite play at one position. You know, you got Hunter Rayburn, you got Mason Trotter, another player that's coming to really make some, you know, impact in my opinion. I think this guy actually might move up the depth chart really fast. And that's Ryan Linthicum. He's the new center coming in on the 2021 class. He was a former teammate of Brian Brzee up in Maryland. Uh, he's one of those guys that's a huge body, really good play center all his career. I think he'll get a shot to come in and compete. If he does, then, you know, all the better. Maybe he'll have that rapport with DJ Oyungalale for multiple years. We want to see that same for Hunter Rayburn. He's got at least two more years at Clemson. So excited about what we have. And plus, like I said, this offensive line is going to be seeing a lot of changes. We already know that Kate Stewart's taking a lot of experience with him. Matt Bockhorst, hopefully he comes back. Jackson Carmen already left. So I'm assuming that Jordan McFadden will go over to the left tackle spot. Walker Parks will go over to the right tackle spot or vice versa. It doesn't really matter. Although I think McFadden might be a better left tackle. And then in that other guard spot, again, it's kind of up for grabs. There's a lot of guys that can play that spot. Maybe Mason Trotter doesn't get the starting center spot, but can start at right guard. Um, And, you know, T.O. can come in. Pennington can come in. There's a lot of good guys that can play a lot of different positions at Clemson. Bryn can play there. I just want to see it get short up in spring. It's going to be important to this team. If they want to be elite, that defensive line's already getting short up. Like I told you, it's going to be important that this team get this offensive line and it starts right now and then goes through spring. So I'm excited about it. With that said, we've come to the end of today's episode. I want to thank you all for sticking with me. Follow me on Twitter at Ellis Tolbert. That's E-L-L-I-S-T-O-L-B-E-R-T for more conversation. I'd love to have you. And please be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Clemson podcast. You can find that wherever you find your podcast for free. That way you can get the episodes as they drop, when they drop. You don't want to miss a single one. We're going to keep you up to speed with everything Clemson athletics. As always, it's great to be a Clemson Tiger. I'll catch you guys right here tomorrow on Thursday at Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.